0: Episode of Beating Alpha. This is uh, episode 101, one hundred one, and we have Ola Dantis. Uh, a little bit about him, uh, a little bit of background, what he does, the things that he's working on. Again, today is all about multifamily investing. So if you're looking for, for that type of knowledge, strategies, tips, uh, it's going to be a great episode for you. So keep watching. Uh, so he's the founder at dwelling.com, a multifamily investment syndication firm. Uh, who has successfully sourced deals of over $40 million by working closely with sellers and with other apartment syndicators across the country. ALA uh, has only lived in the U.S. for a few years, but successfully completed uh, rehab projects and access of $1 million. ALA continues to ex- exceed investor returns, building upon his success on real estate investing space. Ola like, likes to post his pro, uh, progress and encourages his community of over more than 40, 40, 45,000 strong Instagram community. So uh, definitely we can talk about that, how we build that. Recently, Ola uh, via Dwelling closed uh, 160 units apartment building in Houston, Texas, and another 104 units also in Texas. Ola continues to meet or exceed investors returns by investing in value add deals in strong metropolitan cities across the United States. And uh, another few things to mention, he enjoys working with the new investors both here and abroad to help them become successful real estate uh, investors. His firm uh, gives back to dwelling a one house pledge, which is an initiative to donate a house to a family for Christmas. Awesome, starting in Baltimore. In addition to his recent trip to the Philippines and Bali, all have visited slums and is now working on a local initiative to help people in need. So as, as I mentioned here, this is his why to give back to those communities. So that is cool. It's going to be a cool, uh, fun show. So thanks for joining me today. I'll appreciate it.
1: No, Matthias, thank you so much. I really, 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 really appreciate it. Thank you so much.
0: That's no problem. No problem. Happy to connect. Uh, so, uh, listen. So, can we talk about your journey? Because prior to the interview, before we started, he was like, "Hey, uh, I have a family. I- I'm coming across from UK. Uh, I have a p- family in Dublin. So, anybody who's watching, maybe your your uncle, you know, your uncle is watching. So, shout out to to him if he's watching in Dublin. Yeah, same country. So. Can you talk about your personal journey? I mean, how did you end up being in States and how have you discovered real estate investing?
1: Yeah, it's a it's a you know it's a long story. I'm gonna to try to you know make it as short as I can. So you know, basic. I mean, I like to say this. I was born in Nigeria, West Africa. Um, so anybody from that part of the world, shout out if you're watching this as well. Yeah. Um, but I, I moved to the UK when I was young, about 16. Um, lived in the UK, loved the UK so much. Um, lived there for another you know 10 or so years, um, and then you know kind of went back actually to Nigeria for a bit. Um, then my, my wife was, was Filipino, um, also in the UK, you know, basically did a, uh, an internship in the US. And, you know, she told me to, to come visit like, hey, I think you're gonna love it. You know, she was in um, Disneyland um, in, in Florida, Orlando, Florida. Um, so I, I, you know, jumped on the plane, um, went to Florida and I was like, you know, I, I, I could vividly remember this. I was, you know, just about to land in Florida and I was like, I was looking, I'm a window seat guy, right? So I was looking down and I was like, I saw the suburbs, you know, kind of really symmetrical and green and beautiful. I was like, oh my God, it is really nice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then obviously we landed and we spent some time in Florida, really liked it, you know, a lot. Um, and then, you know, uh, you know, a couple of years or so later, my wife was like, maybe we should move, you know, right? Because um, we kind of, you know, kind of graduated during the recession and it wasn't like you get a job anyway. So we're like, oh, maybe this is time to try something different. Um, so, we, you know, we moved to America, um, you know, settled a little bit, got a job. She had a job. I had a job. We had a nice fancy apartment um, in Maryland, Columbia, Maryland at the time. And everything was going great, right? Um, I guess you could say we live in the American dream, right? Um, Which you would assume that was enough. You know, basically, I was like, is this it? You know, just kind of, you know, go to work, come home, repeat, go to work, come home, traffic, repeat, right? Um, So kind of when I was just kind of contemplating that, um, a friend of mine um, from the UK called me and said, hey, Ola, you know, my business is doing really well. Um, you know could you meet me I'm, I'm going to Dubai I'm you know meeting some investors there uh, could you come and help me with my business um, so you know two things I could have done was um, no not doing that <laughs> um, but, but obviously I, I you know did what a wise man you know should do I prayed about it and I asked my wife <laughs> and my wife was like I mean this was you know years back right <laughs> like have you guys heard of Skype? Um, I mean, it wasn't like Zoom back then. Like, I mean, Zoom was around, but you know, not like today, right? With everything going on in the world. So um, more FaceTime, why do you have to go all the way there? And I was like, hey, you know, maybe if I do go, maybe I'll learn something, right? And the reason I'm telling this story is for folks that are watching and listening is success is never going to come to you, you know, on a plat of gold, right? It's never going to be this big, you know, announcement, right? Success could come to you as a phone call, so you have to be ready to, you know, to be open to to those kinds of opportunities without just kind of shutting it out, right, so for me, that was, uh, you know, I would consider one of the pivotal moments in my life that I, I went, oh, wow, okay, before you knew it, I was on the plane to Dubai, um, you know, to meet with my friend, and you know, it wasn't like I got to Dubai. I was picked up in you know, a golden, you know, Bentley. None of that. <laughs> just we just kind of stayed in a very, you know, standard hotel. And we just um, was kind of masterminding on my friend's business, right? And I realized, you know, in the UK, he was doing property investing. I was like, oh my goodness, it's doing really well. um So obviously, on my way back to the United States on the plane, I was like maybe I could do this in America, right? And obviously I had no idea about real estate or property investing. But when I got back to the US, I just basically, you know, asked my best friend, like, hey, you know, what is real estate? My best friend being Google, right? Um, <laughs> you know, Google told me everything that I needed to know um, and led me to a website called Bigger Pockets. I'm not sure if folks in, in Ireland know that website. Yeah. Um, it's essentially a Facebook or, you know, Instagram for real estate investors, right? And, you know, I plugged into their podcast, right? And every single guest, you know I kind of went from the bottom right from the very first podcast right and you know pretty much heard most of the podcast and they would say rich dad poor dad is the book that really changed their mind I was like "Who is this rich dad poor dad guy so I obviously went to my second best friend Amazon (laughs) if you want to be successful you want to make Amazon your best friend I read a ton we'll talk about that later anyway I got the book and I read the book and I was like the the only way I could describe it is like my brain got an uppercut. Like, oh my goodness. Like this guy is basically talking about what I've been trying to articulate to myself. Like there's gotta be more, right? So after I read that book, uh, you know, I think two, three months later, we bought our first building, right? And that was a, a duplex in, in Baltimore, Maryland, yeah, um, in a Class A area. And that property went to be you know, just a cash cow, right? And that's kind of how we started. But, you know, I also want to kind of say something lastly, you know, so that was kind of my foray in, into, into multifamily. But what really happened was, you know, there was just a, a classic night, right? You know, my wife and I, you know, at home doing what lovers do. I'm cooking and we got talking, right. (laughs) And, you know, I was just telling her like, Hey, you know, we've just bought this, you know, you know, this little duplex in Baltimore. We're living in there. We were living downstairs. We had two tenants upstairs and they're basically paying most of the mortgage. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, babe, like, I, I just, like, I just have so much money in my account. <laughs> like my account just, I just, I have too much money in my account. Like I've never, normally I get, I get money into my account and it goes right out. But this time the actually, money's actually staying in my account. I was like, this is really good. If we do this a few more times, I think we're going to have a lot of money. And she was like, me too. I have a lot of money in my account as well, <laughs> you know? And I'm telling these stories because, you know, that epiphany, you know, between my wife and I was just kind of like the moment of hey, we could do this, like we could scale, we could make this into a business, right? And that's when we set up dwelling.com. Uh, you know, I found a mentor um that you know he was is an amazing mentor, he's got, you know, almost a billion dollars of assets under management. I know it sounds Sorry, you know is- crazy to someone. Um, Joe Fellas. Okay, yeah yep you know and basically reached out to him i heard him on a podcast and you know during that podcast he he was like i'm gonna give my number and you know nobody's gonna call me anyway and obviously i'm nobody um so i called him (laughs) and i said hey um joe you know whatever your whatever you're charging your students i cannot afford it um but please can you give me some kind of your your know, payment plan or whatever mm. and you know for some reason he, at, at the time i mean i don't i don't think he does that anymore um he, he allowed me and the reason i'm telling people this is like 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 success is gonna is never gonna come wake you up at 4 a.m or you know 5 a.m like i do every morning success is not gonna tell you to put on your your running shoes and run three miles you know the morning like i did today success is never gonna wake you up and tell you to meditate right so you have to you know, do those things. Success is not telling me to call Joe Fellas or look for a mentor and reach out to them. Right. So it's all this kind of little, almost inconsequential steps that gets you to where you should be and how you should, you know, be, be, be running and living your life.
0: Hmm. Wow, that, that's that's very interesting story. And again, I'm, I'm I'm happy that you're sharing that with us. At the same time, uh, just, again, I have multiple questions in my head right now, but but I would like to ask that question first because would you think it would be possible for you achieve the same type of success if you never moved uh, from UK, uh, you know, to US? Would you think that would be possible? Wow, you. you
1: you're the first person that has asked that question on the podcast. And, you know, uh, you know, my friend and my, you know, my partner in the UK, we always have this debate, right. And, you know, not, um, not to get political with everything going on in the, in the U S you know, politics right now. And I always yeah. tell anybody that wants to listen, America is the best country on the planet. I just came back from Dubai a few weeks ago. Um, and I lived in the UK and I love the UK, but America is so unique in that this is where I describe America. It's a runway full of snakes, lions, gold, diamonds, (laughs) frankincense, money. It's on the runway. So when you get on that runway, you have to be very, very good at dodging lions or killing lions, right? If you can, right? Uh-huh. Like Samson did in the Bible, not to you know bring religion into this. Or if you're very good at killing snakes and you're very good at taking the gold and the money on that same runway, <laughs> on the same runway, there could be somebody pointing a gun at your head too, but there could also be somebody giving you a million dollars. That's how I describe America. Is literally wow. the same country, listen carefully, guys, where you could have a, the first black president and the same country you can have President Trump. <laughs> that, that, the everything, beauty everything of America. Everything is
0: possible. Everything is possible.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So to answer your question, I don't want to dodge the question. I wouldn't have. No. If I, I don't think I would have. But I mean, just you know, the amount of success and the asset we've acquired. You know, even on a personal note, you know, my wife and I, we, we I just doubt. Um, and, and you know, we can kind of dig into that if you want, just from a pure you know, economic perspective, but also how mortgages work in America and how mortgages work in the UK. Yeah. I'm not saying that I can't, I cannot be successful in the UK, but in the US, you can buy your first home just by putting 3.5% down of the money. Yeah you can't do that in the uk as of of today i don't know maybe there is a program today but so those are things and that's why i'm saying that i'm not saying the uk is you know better you know i mean we have we have better food in the uk the quality of life it's there's a lot of but i'm talking from a pure entrepreneurship perspective yeah yeah nothing beats the us i mean china tries but i mean they can never get to that that point in which america is, is is in
0: that, that's very interesting, you know, because you said, that. Uh, well, I kind of expected that you're going to answer the way you answer the question, because, again, it, it, when it comes to the product itself, I mean, um, like London, like just across like UK, when you look at the properties, you know, Marcus Millichap or you, you check, you know, um, any of the commercial realtors, I mean, there's not a lot going on. So when it comes to the deal flow, it could be really hard for you to find something. And if you find something... I mean, the price is going to be just ridiculous. We're talking, you know, 50 and up, you know, million dollars. And, you know, so, so the, the product is not there first place. But the second thing is, again, is the mindset part, the, 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 which is saying is kind of everybody in the U.S. kind of of this entrepreneurship like uh, place where, you know, the dreams can come true. And it sounds like, uh, it, it, I mean, it's coming true uh, for you. So if we're talking about the mindset part, I mean, uh, it took you three months to acquire your first deal since you grabbed on uh, the Rich That Poor that book. So can you talk about that? Because I think it's very important for people to understand that it's possible to take action fast instead of studying and, you know, like you're always in the books, but you never take action. So how you were able to, to buy your first deal in three months only?
1: You just, you you just gotta be relentless, right? I mean, you just gotta be relentless, right? Um, everybody thinks, especially in, in our, you know, I'm a millennial, I'm sure you are too, right? In In our age of like social media and everybody wants to flash and floss on Instagram, look at me, I'm doing this and doing that. And nobody actually wants to do the work. Mm-hmm. Cause it's not fun. doesn't get likes. Nobody likes you as you wake up at 5am. Nobody liked me this morning and say, Hey, all of you woke up at 5am, get, you get a like all of you meditated, You get a like all of you run three miles. You get a like nobody, nobody gives me no likes and, and nobody sees that. Right. Yeah. So to kind of, you know, dig deeper to your question I lost that on a deal that I was working on, a project, a $24 million project that I've worked on for six months, right? And then somebody just came, you know, with loads of money, bought the deal, you know, $2 million more than I and I was trying to pay for it. Wow. And this happened to me, I don't know, two days ago. And yeah, I was kind of sad for like two hours. And then the next morning I ran for three miles and now I'm looking to do another deal for, you know, probably a three million deal. So to go back to your question anyway, you have to realize to get to where you should be living, your level in which you should be living your life, you need a different mindset. The enemy or the aiders, as we love to call them in our generation, they're not out there on Instagram or Facebook or your friends or your family. The main person that is holding you back is in here. And for those that are listening to this on a podcast, I'm pointing to my brain is inside of your head. It's you. <laughs> it's you. So you get to you have to start from your mindset, right? And I think obviously anybody that's listening to this has heard that before. You know, Gary V on Instagram, like mindset, 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 which is great. We have to start from how we think, how we look at the world, how we perceive the world. We have to be very much aware of what we tell ourselves, right? So when you tell yourself, Oh, I don't know, I don't know if I can do that, then your brain is like, Oh yeah, you're right. Your brain is not gonna say, no, no, you can't do this. Go and go ahead and do no. Your brain is never gonna say that. Your brain is trying to hold this trying to prevent you from 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 causing harm to yourself, right? So your brain doesn't understand entrepreneurship. Your brain is like, that's a lion run, right? That's a big deal run. You can't do it, right? So you have to be very aware of what's going on. But then I read a book, right? The 5am club, and he also talks about, you know, your your skill set, your heart set. Your soul set, right? So you can wake up in the morning and listen to motivational videos from Eric Thomas, um, or you know, Jim Rohn, or love Jim Rohn, or Liz Brown or whoever on YouTube all day long. But how are you feeling in your soul? How are you feeling in your heart? What are you learning? Skill your skill set, right? What are you watching on YouTube? How long are you spending on Instagram, and people are thinking, "What the heck is this guy talking about? How are you spending your most important resource, time? What are you doing with your time? What are you? Show me your activity app on your iPhone. Are you exercising? Are you reducing the level of cortisol in your body, which is the stress hormone? Do you even know what that is? If you don't, go watch YouTube. Get off Instagram and go watch about." about that on youtube like those are the things that get you to that next level those that are crushing it in the world right now they they are they are so much in tuned with those four parts i've just mentioned mindset soul set heart set skill set right you can have the mindset but if you don't know how to buy a building that is what 10 million dollars when i say how i mean from a strategic perspective meaning what is the strategy how do you play chess how do you move the pieces apart how do you raise the equity how do you talk to investors when you call them but then from a tactical perspective, how do you do your due diligence? How do you go about closing? I mean, these are like real life skills that you have to attain to make this happen. So, yes, focus on mindset, but be acutely aware of everything else. If you're not in the right state of mind, because you didn't wake up and exercise or you didn't eat right, then you're not gonna feel right. Then you can't talk to an investor, you know, you know, with a good tone. You you're not yourself. So there's everything kind of works together. So be aware of those elements so you can just see your benefit.
0: Got it, got it, got it. Great tips. So thank you for sharing those. Again, I have a kind of similar question that I wanted to ask you because a lot of people that I came across, dimensioning the book, uh, which is The Rich Dad, Poor Dad, oh, the pink book, that was the kind of the entry point for me in the real estate business. But nobody actually talks about uh, another book, which is far more greater than The Rich Dad, Poor Dad, is the Bible. So can you talk about uh, how reading the Bible or just studying it, like help you and influence your business, business success?
1: Oh my goodness. You got me so fired up. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) Look, you know, obviously we live in a world of seven billion people. You know, we all have different beliefs and, you know, we believe in Krishna, God, Allah. It doesn't matter. It does not matter what you believe. This is not a... You know, I'm not trying to sell a particular religion. Obviously, I'm, you know, very proud Christian and reading the Bible does help, right? So, but if you're not Christian, you're not born Christian, you live in India and you're listening to this, you have to understand that going through this world requires a being superior to you. That is the first philosophy. Like you thinking you just like living through this life all by yourself and you know, everything just, no, that you should be okay to understand that going through this journey requires a spiritual, um, you know, part of you that that yearns, right? For support that your wife cannot give you, your brother, your sister, your uncle, your mom, your dad, right? So that's, the, that's what we need to understand. And that also feeds back into that soul set, right? how are you feeling spiritually inside of you? You know, are you depressed? Which is fine. It's a big issue right now. You know, why are you depressed? You know, seek help, but also your spiritual part is so important. And to go back to your question, reading the Bible you know, just helps. Like, you know, before the, before the, you hit record on this, on this um, podcast, we talked about dwelling, the name of our company. And I, I mentioned how God talks about in the Bible, how you can dwell, right, in the house of God, and you can dwell in his peace and his grace, right? So even the name of our company dwelling comes from the Bible, right? And, and understanding that part, right? So, you know, somebody can say to me, we could have an atheist and say, hey, hola, you know, I I, you know, I appreciate what you're saying, but I'm an atheist. I don't believe in god fantastic okay let's go there the idea the idea that you have a book that reassures you <laughs> that's why motivational books and motivational speakers make a ton of money it's it, that's the whole concept so yes you might not believe in god but the bible is fantastic which story of success of people that persevered and pushed through so even if you're an atheist, go check out the Bible and read the stories there and you will find a pattern, right? Yeah. So I think that I think that's kind of how I would stop. Like people always think it has to be like, oh, I don't like religion, or, you know, because of the organized, you know, part of it, and you know, they're taking advantage of people and all that. You can the Bible is free, it's online. You can get an app, <laughs> you know, and just read it and just see the stories in the Bible
0: yeah exactly so like i'm on the same page with you because i came across a lot of people who are christian you know catholic and they talking about the book uh, the great book i mean the bible about this kind of source of uh, when it comes to the business advice but again at the same time like if you're going to open the book uh, like what you're going to look for that's what you're going to find so if you have the right questions in your head and you want those get answered i mean the book of uh, uh, you know the bible is definitely the, the place that Somebody should check it out. Or if you mention somebody's an atheist or a Buddhist or, you know, whatever they're doing, you know, like the facts. And of course, it's a very short story, but uh, my wife heard that she's sitting not, not like far from me, but uh, she will be like, ah, you told it a thousand times. But uh, like the business partner of mine previously in a business told this like very interesting kind of short story. He was like, do you believe in God? And I said, yeah, of course. He said, that's good. I was like, why is, it, why is this good? He said, because imagine if there is two people and one is a believer and one is not a believer. He said, if there's a goal in front of them and those people both are reaching that goal, he said, both people will reach that same goal. But the one who believes, he will reach it faster. And I was like, wow, hmm. that, that's kind of, but at the same time, hmm. look, it, it's just, it doesn't matter We're, I'm not talking about the Bible about, so you have to believe in something. If it's yourself, if it's the God, if it's, you have to believe in something and find what that something is. So, I so absolutely but, agree. So talking about the, the deal, because again, maybe we can go through the numbers, the location, the first deal that you closed off and kind of experience through your eyes, what it was like.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. The, the very first two. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, like I said, uh, you know, we, we got back and I, I read so many books about, you know, how to get started in real estate, one of which was British Poor Dad, And, and I, I narrowed in on multifamily, right? So there's obviously two two parts to that, small multifamily and large multifamily. So obviously I started with the small multifamily, which is two to four units for those in Europe, in, in Um. Essentially, it's, it's basically a house with you know, usually two entry ways, right? So, cause when I tell people that like, wait, I don't want to live with other people. I'm like, no, 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 no. You're not living with other people. They have their own door, they have their own kitchen, they have their own bathroom and toilet. Like we don't, sh- it's just two separate units. It's like a mini apartment, basically. Um, so that was the first deal that we bought in in a, I like to say this, in a class A area in Baltimore. And essentially, you know, we bought this place, it, you know, it was owned by a couple you know we were living like i guess like two you know two hours or so away so they didn't really take care of the property so we you know we got a a, a contractor to come in change the flooring you know take out the, the old bathtub it was a massive bathtub um took that out renovated the old place um you know and then we we moved into that in, into that space right um and then when we had you know the tenants leave on the top we, we moved there we did the same thing you know the property we still own it to today is doing fantastic. Um, we kind of just having that in our, in our estate basically, you know, for when we pass away. Yes. Yeah. So you should think about that as well, even though it's father, father in the future, but we, you know, we kind of have plans and we plan on our estate, my wife and I, um, so yeah, that because that was kind of like the first deal. And, you know, I want to kind of jump onto the next thing, if you don't mind, actually. Sure. So I, we did this and we did this really well, which was that small multifamily deal and, I got a friend of mine in the in the U S who said, Hey, you know, we should start flipping houses, you know? And of course, anyone that has, you know, seen HGTV in America, I don't know if you guys have in Ireland, you know, you can go buy this house for like nothing and, you know, put X amount of money and then you do no work and then you sell it for like a million dollars and everything is great. Yeah. Um, so I was like, yeah, I, I want to make money. You know, why not? Let's do it. Even though, even though, and I tell these stories for those that are that are out there. Maybe you're 18, maybe you're 25, and you're just starting. You, the reason I'm being anecdotal and telling the stories, so when you see that in your life, you're like, "Ooh, I listened to that weird guy, and he said the same." Thing. I don't want to make this mistake. That's why I'm telling the story. So I was doing well with the multifamily, family you know, and my plan was to keep doing that. I bought a two, um, a two unit. Let me just buy another one, um, buy a three unit or a four. know, I was like, but I was like, no, I did a whole 180 and I started buying little tiny houses, trying to flip them. Mm. And the first deal we had was just, it was just very difficult because, you know, I was not a flipper, right? Yeah. I didn't have the temperament for it. I didn't like it. I had to deal with like contractors and, you know, in contractors, the word, the first letter is the most important part con um, <laughs> i don't know if you got the joke <laughs> it was very interesting right so i did a couple of projects and i was like hey i you know i totally shouldn't have done this it's it's not what i like you know and then with that 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 really you know you just took like two years of my life, right? Because I did all these projects and I was like, Oh man, I should have just bought a four unit, and you know, my portfolio today would be totally different, um, probably way higher. But it doesn't matter. So I, I kind of made that mistake. Not only did my personal portfolio suffered, dwelling also suffered because I I I, weren't, I wasn't focused on that business because I was busy general contracting my project so if you're out there you find a niche you have the temperament very important very very important if you have the natural flair for what you're doing it's it's different to if you're forcing yourself to do a particular real estate strategy right most people that start real estate in in the u.s want to do either wholesaling or flipping and the reason they do that is because for those two strategies especially the wholesaling you people think they don't need money, but you always need money. Unfortunately, you, you need some kind of seed capital, even if it's like two thousand dollars or one thousand dollars, or if you're in the UK or on the on island, one thousand euros or one thousand pounds. You need, you you can't just start with like no, you know everybody says no money. It's not true. You need something, right? But that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be successful if you don't have the the skills, the right skills. You don't have the temperament. You don't like it, and. You know, you don't have a really strong purpose, you know, kind of driving when you get punched in the face. And I, I get punched so many times, I I'm, I'm you know, I don't even feel it anymore. <laughs> so, you know, be, be ready. Like if you really wanna do something that is what doing well, just get ready to get punched, you know, a lot. That's fine. of obviously, not real punches.
0: Yeah. 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 You'll get used to it. Definitely. So I love the fact what you said, if you just stick to what works instead of you, you know, like your story, just shifting from multifamily, which is like, you already knew what's, what's happening. You knew the process and you kind of hit your head down and, you know, you was going after it and you moved away like 180, you know, degrees into flipping and that didn't work. So, so that's a great lesson for people. We just, you know, stick to what works and just keep, keep going at it. So that's a, that's a solid device. And by the way, we have a HDTV also, uh, it shows, but it, it's, it's when you watch it on a TV, I mean, it's, it's just like before and after shots. That's what you see. You don't see it, as you said, the contractors, the issues, the foundation, like they're all the process. So it looks too easy, you know, and that's where people fall into it. So, uh, do you live currently in Texas? That's what I wanted to ask you.
1: I do, I do. Yeah. So we're in Houston, Texas. Yeah, actually, west of west of Houston. In, um, so in a place called Katy, it's it's beautiful. It's just so nice. Like I tell everyone. Like I was telling my sister in Milton Keynes in the UK, I was like, "You need to move to America. It's so beautiful. I love it."
0: Got it. So how how and why have you decided to make that decision to to move to, to Texas?
1: Great question. So, you know, we, we had our business in, in Baltimore, but, you know, our market of interest is really Texas, right? So, you know, my, my partners and I, we, we have property in, in, in Houston, in Texas. So, you know, the premise of our move was to actually you know, kind of come to Texas and really stick the the dwelling flag, you know, really deep down the ground and we can really grow our business. Um, but more importantly, to vertically integrate the firm. I'm not sure if you know what that term is uh, for our listeners as well. It's basically kind of like having all the, the functions, the business, the lines of business in one, right? So mm-hmm. property management, development and investment. So which is you know, kind of what we do for the most part. So, you know, that's kind of why I mentioned the uh, the $24 million project that I just missed. So that's, that's one of the development projects that we're looking at. After this call, I've got to go look at a land not far from here. So we're kind of, you know, moving into, into that space. Um, you know, that's a, that's the whole purpose of, you know, really nothing beats um, being on ground and, you know, you know, meeting people. And I was going to say shaking hands, probably not right not right now, but, you know, shaking meeting elbow, people. elbows, shaking hands. <laughs> elbows, yes. <Yeah. laughs> you know, so nothing beats that.
0: Got it. Got it. So you currently have two 264 units uh, in Texas. So when you came to the Texas, I mean, that was how long ago?
1: Yeah, that was just before the lockdown. We can oh, talk about okay. that as well.
0: <laughs> got, it, got it. Got it. Got it. So have you looked at the market? Because, because some people might be saying like, look, like Texas is like saturated when it comes to multifamily syndicators and there's not enough property. So I mean, what type of due diligence have you done? And I think your kind of story would give a lot of people uh, a lot of great advice because maybe somebody who's in new york you know upstate new york and there is no deals and they're looking to move to another state maybe right now maybe in the future and kind of they're looking where to move in so they can invest and maybe stay in that market so what type of decisions uh what type of questions maybe you ask yourself and your wife before you made made that move
1: yeah i mean you know in the syndication space it's a small world we we know each other you know most of us Mm -hmm. um now there's kind of this kind of a big jump uh, of interest in multifamily for, for obvious reasons. <laughs> I mean, we've known this for years, but now a lot of people know. I mean, with, with the proliferation of, of the internet and people getting more access to information and data, it's just a no-brainer. You know, I mean, you buy an apartment and, and, you know, in a few years you can make millions. So there's a reason why a lot of people are, you know, kind of coming into this space. That said, though, um, you know, we, we know the strengths that we have in, in the market marketplace um in this game you have to really understand broker relationships you have to really understand the debt markets like how you can source debt you have to understand development sites you have you have to understand general contracting and how you you know get the best general contractors um you, you have to understand marketing you have to understand how to raise capital so the reason i'm mentioning those is that's what sets us apart you're always going to have you know a bunch of folks in the market um Yes, right now at this point, um, we're not really seeing um, kind of a big delta in the asking price from sellers, you know, even though we're in a, in a global pandemic, um, you know, the the, the cap rates are still compressing. Um, so things are looking pretty, you know, difficult from, from a deal sourcing perspective. Uh, but that said, you know, um, when I speak to veterans in this game, People have been saying that for years. There are no deals It's hard. You know, these deals are not penciling now. But we still try to, I mean, yes, that is true. You know, that, that is true. But then there are still deals that you can find and get creative with. The deal that I mentioned that I we just lost out on was a, an adaptive reuse deal where we're going to buy an office building and basically reposition it um, into a multifamily. Because obviously anyone listening to this now, it's, it's October 2020 people are not going to the office right now so the office some of the office buildings are empty so we we're trying to buy those and and you know um turn those around to multi-family now not everybody can do that um not everybody should do that but if you have a a secret recipe and a combination of how to make that happen from kind of you know, inception of the deal all the way to, to ground opening. If you're really good at, you know, putting the pieces together and believe me, it's brain damaging work. It's not for everyone. I know I've just done it. Mm-hmm.
0: Got it. Got it. So when it comes to the Texas say itself, I mean, are you planning to invest out-of-state into other states as well in the future?
1: No. Um, I'm right now we're, we're really focused on, on, on kind of, you know, Houston and fourth hour you know four or five hours drive radius it's kind of where we like i'm excluding austin and and dfw dallas Fort Worth for those i'm not in them in in the u.s so that's kind of our focus right now and we're just really trying to narrow we're not trying to take over the world if we don't believe in that we just kind of want to narrow and get really community um centric
0: makes sense so what's uh, when it comes to the property locations i mean what type of data are you looking at to make sure that you're making good you know acquisition decisions
1: yeah, we look at a lot of things, um, you know, rent, right? <laughs> um, we are just joking with one of my partners this morning. We're not trying to build ultra luxury apartments, you know, with, you know, resort style infinity pools with rents that people can't afford that's just not our space right mm-hmm. um so you know we look at rents we look at assumption um, absorption rate um you know we, we look at the you know the hh the, the household um, incomes in the area um but more importantly um folks might not know this we also look at you know what we call ddas difficult to develop areas um qcts qualified sensor tracts, um and we also look at specific zones within the city um, where you can get what we call city incentives um basically public subsidy um, so that, those are kind of the things that we look at and um, this is all kind of development mixed with investments just mm-hmm. for anyone hearing um, but that's obviously where our business is at this point so that's those are kind of the things we, we look at um, obviously we look at vacancy we, we you know we vac- vacancy rates and things like that um, but for us we, we're really kind of edging towards that development side for now as the market kind of um, you know gets up a little bit there's, there's a lot of um, signs that delinquencies are getting up because of some of the forbearances we seeing here yeah, in the markets because of the, the you know, the unfortunate impact of, of COVID-19. So we're just kind of making sure that, you know, we're not getting too aggressive right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. So talking about, you know, deals itself, I mean, how many deals are you have come through on your table? I mean, uh, is, is there many deals you have in the pipeline and what type of deals are you looking for, you know, uh, uh, cl- like closing this year?
1: Yeah, so we're obviously on track to close on the deal I just mentioned. but right now, I think it's a split between eighty um, investment deals, um, and then twenty percent land deals, land or structure. Sometimes they have like a little tiny structure on it, or just a, a pure land play. Um, so that's kind of like the split: eighty percent um, investment sales, and, and 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 then twenty land. Um, in terms of um, the the frequency, I I think I got like four deals in my inbox right now that I, is as is considered inboxed on our on our you know deal pipeline. Um, so we do get deals. Um, you know, I had to go look at a deal the other time uh, that it was it was about to be sold on a cutout steps, um, which was canceled, unfortunately. So there are deals um, out there, you know, but of course, I really think where the rubber hits the road is how can you make this deals pencil out? How creative can you get? What are you spotting that maybe your competition is insane? Um, it's kind of really where the rubber hits the road.
0: Mm-hmm. Got it. So, how do you actually fund those deals? I mean, how do you come across uh, the deals? Because you mentioned about the brokers, is that the only way that you are able to source deals, or you have any any strategies that are different?
1: Yeah, I mean, mainly brokers. Um, you know, in, at Dwelling, we have tried, you know, to. Kind of reach out to sellers um, in the past. We've done that pretty successfully, actually. Um, but I feel like the amount of effort, you know, to get those deals is is no is no child's play. Um, so now that I'm actually in Texas. Um, you know, I just went to, uh, to have coffee with a broker yesterday. So we actually meeting these people, you know, talking to them in person, going to their offices, they're coming to, to my office here, you know, so it's, it's just a different dynamic. Um, so for us, we don't really have to be in Maryland, trying to call property owners in Texas or in California. Um, so now that we actually kind of impulse, you know, with some of these brokers, it, it makes it makes things a lot easier.
0: Mm, got it. So one of the parts uh, of the syndication business is, uh, you know, raising capital. So maybe you can talk about that process. I mean, how you were able, maybe first of all, to kind of build this network of uh, accredited investors to be able to invest with you.
1: Oh, wow. You are asking for the secret sauce. <laughs> oh, yes. We... so that's a... That... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a big part, right? Um, you know, and I think for, for raising equity, you know, it, it's really figuring out, like, I think for, for those that are looking to start, I think where you want to focus on is family and friends. Now, when I say that most times, and I, I, I know this, where right? I moved from the UK to the United States, I didn't have a lot of friends, you know, I didn't have another family. So, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, that's definitely not as easy as it said, but you can start there and don't think your uncle, you know, uncle Joe doesn't have any money because He drives a, you know, 1999 Nissan or whatever. He probably has more money than your uncle that drives a Range Rover. So I just want to tell folks that are listening that. um, So don't look at Uncle Joe because, you know, it doesn't look rich right? So speak to your family members and, and, and your friends and kind of tell them what you're doing. You need to kind of reposition yourself. So that's number one. That's one way you can raise money. Another thing is, you know, look for, you know, a way to be a a master, right? Of content in your field that you enjoy. It has to be something, don't start posting on Facebook and like, Hey, I'm doing real estate. Or if you're in the UK, I'm doing property investing. And then Three days later, you stop, right? Or don't start a YouTube channel that you know you're not going to be able to do, right? Our podcast has been going, you know, close to over 100 and, I don't know, probably 90 or maybe 180 podcasts now on, on the dwelling show. And we're still going, right? Consistency is so key, right? So just make sure, you know, that whatever platform you choose to you know distribute or disseminate content you are able to keep that going for as long as possible right because consistency is also part of being a successful investor um you know so if, if it's blog writing do that if it's if you're a natural writer then if you like talking set up a podcast right but you need a thought leadership platform you know and also social media right like try to engage right try to be you know somebody value right don't don't be like sleazy there's a lot of sleazy people out there these days on on like social media it's so sleazy like don't you don't have to show like bunches of of cash or like you don't have to show the yellow car in the background with the beautiful girl it's really not necessary because it just makes you look amateurish right so but just provide value and engage people motivate inspire you know show people what you're doing don't show off
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a solid advice when it comes to social media promotion, right? So uh, again, one thing is the part of your entire kind of journey and the process of building the business is is giving back. So can you talk about One House Pledge? I mean, and how do you help with that uh, company, you know, give like give an impact to the other people in a great way?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just something we're still striving, um, striving to do, right? Um, it, it, it's not, it's not something that that is easy. But basically, the idea is, you know, on the Maslow hierarchy of needs, anybody is, is anybody with psychology background would know that housing, right, shelter, is really at the bottom, right? So if we can give a house to a family, um, you know. And just give it to them mortgage free, and they don't have to pay any mortgage on it. That's really the goal, and if we can do that every Christmas, it's kind of what we what we're striving for. So, one House pledge is an in- initiative that we're striving striving to build our dwelling, and then the vacay pledge, which you mentioned, is really you know my wife, like I said, is from the Philippines. She was born in the Philippines. Is you know we're going back to you know corners of the world and really just helping people and just showing them love, you know, and just giving back, you know, in in whatever ways we can. Um, I'm really big on information. Um, Um, You know, I really want to get to a place where, you know, after I get all these billions, I can just really give it it all back, um, or millions, whatever it is, but give it back in form of not just the handout, right, but giving it back in form of a way kids can access information, right? I'm looking at a deal for it, for example, I'm looking at a deal right now, um, and it's a land deal, but apparently it's it's been a, a solid waste Um, landfill right and I was like oh let me research this and I just went to YouTube and I was inundated with solid waste you know land you know land information and what solid waste is and how it's covered and it's they use clay and a soil membrane and and I learned that in within 10 minutes right my parents in 1980 could not do that right so if we could give information laptops computers and you know access to the internet you know to a kid in Burma or to a kid in Lagos right you know I mean that will radically change the world right so for folks like me that's what I care about that's what I'm trying to figure out to do but this sounds all great like I can talk to you about this all day long but I can't do it without money right so that's why you know guys like me are trying to build wealth through real estate, and then we can keep it back, and that's how we leave a legacy. And then we pass on, and then the next generation takes it off from where we left, from where we left it.
0: Got it. Got it. Got it. So that's awesome. Again, it's a great cause that you're working on, and I love the fact that you said that uh, you cannot some you cannot feed somebody who's starving from an empty plate. So it takes it takes focus and dedication and a lot of persistence and hard work to actually acquire wealth. You know, which is which is a tough thing to do. I mean, if if it will be easy, everybody would be wealthy, right? but uh, i love the fact what you said if you're looking to help those time of people because uh, i mean personally probably came across people like i talk with people from india a lot of time and uh, i mean those people are super smart again they some of those people live in really tough conditions and kind of the best way out for them is is education so, if you can help those type of people who are living in those type of countries, I mean, uh, there's a lot of great potential coming from those type of people. So, is that, could could be, again, Absolutely. you, you kind of answer that question, but I would like to kind of, you know, I think you kind of a little bit scratched the surface. So, if I will try to dig deeper a little bit on that. And... Um, which is the legacy part again you are meeting a lot of people like being on a podcast like this one which I'm grateful for uh, you know networking with people brokers like doing w- whatever is possible for you just to reach more people and spread the awareness about multifamily investing all the good stuff but what is like one thing that you always want people to remember about you when you meet them
1: the way you the way i the way they feel after i've left them that is so crucial Like, that is so important because, you know, every time we meet somebody else, there's an exchange of energy, whether we realize it or not, right? So, for me, I want people to understand that, you know, there there is more we can do together, right? Right? And then our meeting is just not superficial, right? So, when I meet people, I try to talk about the things that are actually important. I try to inspire and motivate them. Right, in every little way I can, because that's just natural for me. I'm sure you could say that from our conversation right here. So for me is how would this person feel after we've, you know, departed, after we've left? So so for me that's really important. And I want them to feel um, a place of of warmth, a place of of increased energy and an elevated um, you know, sense of self. Right. So I th- I think for me that that's more important than anything else.
0: I do agree with you. And I think a lot of people will, will feel exactly the same way as you d- described today because, I mean, even though they're watching this via, you know, YouTube or listening on iTunes, I mean, you can st- still feel uh, what people, uh, like, what the person intentions are. And, again, your intentions are great. You want to help and in- impact people in a great way because, I mean, especially during these times, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty and people are confused what's going to happen. So if you just spread that, I mean, you know, so it's, it's an awesome thing. So all I really appreciate you for being today on the show. I mean, uh, a lot of wealth, like wealth of knowledge, experience, journey, personal journey, uh, you know, belief system, having that in place. Uh, how do you conduct business, help people, building network? I mean, all these great pieces uh, for people to take away today. So I'm sure a lot of, a lot of people who, who's watching, they, they took uh, a lot of great tips for you. So I thank you. I thank you, uh, you for that.
1: Thank you. I really appreciate you.
0: Listen, uh, guys and girls, just one thing that I wanted to ask you, if you shared this episode with a friend of yours, you know that one friend that you always have who always talks about real estate investing, he wants to get involved or she wants to get involved but never pulls the trigger. Uh, This could be a great episode for that person because, uh, again, as I mentioned, he will find all those great pieces that will give him inspiration and the knowledge to, to pull the trigger and start building his personal or her personal business. So, all again, I appreciate you today for being on the show and, and uh, spending this quality time. And guys and girls, as always, I'm going to see you in the next episode. Thank you for watching. <laughs>